The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network. During current restrictions, don't ignore your health concerns. Our expert team is ready to help. I'm joined by our tech correspondent, Jess Kelly. Jess, good morning. Morning, Pat. Now, you've been um, road testing the new Surface Go 3. What exactly is it? So this is the small, most portable uh, laptop from the Surface range. For those who don't know, Surface is the lineup of devices from Microsoft. And overall, they are excellent. I know you and I have been a big fan of them for quite some time. The concept with the Surface devices is that it is the ultimate hybrid device. So the the top part of it functions very, very well, just as a tablet. But then you can get a keyboard that attaches on And it gives you that full laptop functionality. So it runs Windows. It has a little kickstand so you can adjust the position depending on where you're working from or what angle you want the screen to be at. And generally speaking, they are incredibly powerful devices. However, the Surface Go 3, as I mentioned there, is the smallest, most compact of them. It's essentially the little sister of the range. It's a 10.5 inch screen. It has a lot of the ports that you would expect um, but I have to say, as much as I was dying to get my hands on this device and as excited as I was, it didn't blow me away for a few different reasons. Uh, firstly, the, the basic spec is pretty basic. So the 64 gigs um, of, of storage and four gigs of RAM, which isn't really that powerful when you look at some of the other devices that are out there. But the big problem for me, unfortunately, was the battery life. Now, I always say, Pat, that they promise the Earth, Moon, Sun and Stars when it comes to battery life on the posters and on the labels and so on. This said up to 10 hours of battery. I struggled to get more than five. So while I like the concept of it, I appreciate the price point. It starts at 420 euro, but that's without the keyboard. The keyboard on top of that is an extra 140 euro. And then the performance didn't blow me away as much as the Surface Go 2 did. So the previous iteration, in my opinion, is actually better than this version, which is disappointing uh, because I love the form factor. I love the idea. It just didn't tick all the boxes for me, unfortunately. I mean, do they trade off a lightness for a smaller battery? Was that the... Uh, you see, I think that the, the lightness is something to behold, right? Because when the box arrived, I took it out and you almost wouldn't believe that it was a laptop because it was incredibly light. That is something that they did make a trade off for in, in terms of the battery capacity. I also think the performance as well in general isn't as optimal as it could be. You know, every week when we're talking about a new phone and so on, I often mention that, you know, the software, the technology running in the background of the phone is there trying to optimise the device to ensure that you're not suffering a worse battery. I didn't get a sense of that on this device. I don't know if it's, you know, either the battery capacity isn't as it should be or if if the programmes running were just too demanding to get that 10-hour battery that the, the manufacturer promised. OK, another point. Um, the Cabinet is going to consider a streaming levy. Um, mm. What is that and Why? Yeah, this is something that's been spoken about quite a bit over the last number of years. It's always been touted, but last year an Oireachtas committee recommended that we introduce uh, essentially a streaming levy here in Ireland. It's been done elsewhere in Europe um, and the idea is to try and give back and some of that money then would go towards creating Irish content for the streaming platforms um, using Irish talent. I think it's an interesting concept, but... 
there has been um, some objections to it over the last little while, primarily the fact that we pay our TV license and there is the notion that we will essentially be taxed, taxed twice uh, to consume our media. Very often when we talk about the TV license, people give out saying, you know, I don't watch traditional TV and yet I still have to pay my TV license. The, the sort of the concept is if you have a, if you have a TV you pay the 160 euro regardless of whether you just watch Netflix and YouTube. Um, so some people aren't too happy about it, but the, but the, there is the argument that it could raise a significant amount of money for the exchequer then that could go into uh, the arts and the industry, which has been very badly impacted by the pandemic. And the whole idea, would, would it be collected uh, how? From Netflix, from Disney Plus? You know, how would it be collected? This is something that I think needs to be worked out. So there are different models that are in place, as I mentioned, across Europe. Um, it, it could be a case that we pay extra to the subscription services each month and they therefore pass the money on to the exchequer. Or it could be another levy that we pay similar to uh, the TV license. There was talk that should we increase the TV license to encapsulate uh, th- this particular levy and then the money gets divvied out thereafter. I do think there's a lot to be worked out. I don't think people in general will be overly happy about it because as I've mentioned to you before, not only are we paying for a TV license, not only are we paying our monthly subscription to whether it's Virgin Media, Sky, whomever it is, we're then also paying for subscription services as well. So, you know, that there is a lot of charges coming out of the mm. consumer's account to pay for entertainment. Um, so it does depend on the finer details once they, they do work it out. Now, some of the questions. I have an Apple Mac Air 2017, 13-inch. Uh, the screen is just broken. I've decided to get a new laptop. My problem is I'm changing my account system to Sage Accounting, but um, this was pre-it breaking. I was not able to use Sage Accounting on my Mac Air. I'm curious, will it mean flicking between operating systems when using Sage? Will it be awkward? Am I better off to go with a Windows-based laptop? And if so, uh, what would you consider to be a good alternative? I like the lightweight battery life storage and the way my Mac links up with my iPhone. That's from Rob. Well, what I would say, there's a few points there. So if you like the interconnectivity between the Mac and the phone, you know, don't go rushing away from Mac. Mac make do do make excellent devices. And um, the compatibility, as far as I know, Sage absolutely should work for Mac. Um, so I'm not 100% sure what the issue is there. You don't really want to get into to, to a scenario where you're sort of being boxed in entirely. Um, so I, I look, if you like Mac and if you're willing to spend that money again, I think Mac is great. If you do want an alternative Windows device, um, I often recommend the Lenovo IdeaPads. They are excellent and you can sort of find a model that will have the spec that you that you need and, and require for the, the work that you'll be doing. Um, so look at the Lenovo IdeaPad, but don't entirely discount Mac. I do think Macs are excellent, um, but they are expensive. Senior citizen, need to buy a new laptop as a present, as the present one is so slow. Don't need fancy programs, 15 or 15 and a half inch screen. And I want to scroll with my finger. That's from Moira. Okay. They, again, if you look at some of the Chromebooks, the Google Chromebooks are excellent. I'm a big fan. Um, I think you can get them for very affordable at the moment as well. There are still some sales on. Asus is a brand that is excellent. They have a, I'm looking here now online, they actually have one at the moment in Curry's that's €179. Euro. So it's incredibly affordable. 
it won't come with any bells and whistles, but it will be great for you to uh, yeah. browse online and but so would on. Would it be t- touch screen? Because I think that's what you yes. might mean by finger scroll. Yep. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah. All right, and a very good price. Uh, both my iPhone 12 Pro and iPad Air keep signing me out of my Twitter accounts. I run multiple for community groups. Any fix for this, or would I be better using something like TweetDeck? Yeah, TweetDeck is great, particularly if you are managing multiple accounts. Um, the reason it's probably logging you out is for security purposes. So if you go into the Twitter account in question, and if you set up two-factor authentication, um, it will allow you to, to sort of go through that step, ensuring that it is as secure as possible and hopefully then it won't log you out. But TweetDeck is an excellent alternative. And Niall wants to know, can Jess recommend a good smart radio? I presume that's an internet radio. Uh, yeah, the, the Roberts uh, brand is excellent. They are they are very, very reliable and highly regarded. You can also get a lot of radio stations um, through apps and through smart speakers now. So if you wanted a device that could do a little bit more, you could look at something like the Google Nest, the Amazon Echo devices or the Apple HomePods. Uh, so there are just some alternatives for you there as well. Um, how do we upload uh, our digital booster cert onto the COVID app? I've been asked this question approximately one billion times. So what you need to do is you need to open your COVID cert on a different device. So not on your phone. Uh, So you open it on a different device. Then you get your phone. If you already have your previous COVID cert within the app, you need to delete that first then hit add a new cert. Uh, it'll open out your camera. You hover your phone over the other device with the QR code from your cert and then it will automatically upload. Yeah, and it gives all the details that uh, were on your old cert as well. It brings you bang up to date. Jess Kelly, our tech correspondent, thank you very much for joining us. Music.